Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins a three-pointer, puts it in. A 15-point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The doctor, TC Martin, launches. is now in hour number two love the madness oh yes on a monday for you mm. how are your brackets how's your bankroll how is that phone account doing huh that's what we're going to talk about this hour tc martin marco d'angelo in the house marco's feeling good he's feeling pumped up he goes from Blue October to this. He's jamming because he's already got one foot out the door. Vacation Marco, we're going to call him. Don't love it. All right. This hour, we talk more NCAA, March Madness, tournaments, a whole lot more. Looking forward to Thursday at T-Mobile Arena. Gonzaga, UCLA, Arkansas, UConn. What great matchups. West Regional Final. Yeah. Looking forward to all of that and a whole lot more. And we'll be back at the Westgate on Friday afternoon. All right, my friend. How you feeling? You've seemed uh you're ready to go. You got fueled up today. You had a good lunch today. Had, had a good lunch today, a little Freddy burger there. Thanks. T C, you know, hooked me up. What can I say? You know, nothing but the best. <laughs> but now here's the thing. Did he pay? <laughs> or was it <laughs> Does it matter? T C no. was responsible for TC was for my responsible. Life. We'll go we'll go Can't that way. <laughs> But, uh, hey, you know, i ask you a serious question. UCLA, Gonzaga, both of those teams play here, uh, you know, yes. a lot. Yes. Okay. Who's going to have the bigger fan base? So interesting that you bring that up because I, I was thinking about that when we we're looking ahead that this matchup could happen on Thursday. Great matchup it is. Um, I literally think we're, we're talking 50-50. And remember when UCLA uh, would come here for the CBS Sports Classic? It'd be UCLA, North Carolina, um, you know, Ohio State, and they would come here, and you would basically kind of see a um, a, a balanced crowd, or especially for the Pac-12 tournament, you would see UCLA and Arizona kind of a balanced, you know, crowd with that. Uh, even though Arizona usually had more people than UCLA. Gonzaga fills up the Orleans Arena. Um, So, smaller arena. UCLA doesn't fill up T-Mobile, but when UCLA has come here for the CBS Sports Classic, uh, you, you would see probably more Bruins fans. So, it's hard to tell. Gonzaga came here to play Duke, if you remember that, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that literally was 50-50 in the big arena. And got to remember, Gonzaga usually doesn't play in this arena. They always play in the Orleans every year. UCLA plays at T-Mobile every year and sometimes multiple times. So maybe advantage UCLA, but I don't know. 50-50. I'm going to go 50-50. 
I'm just kind of talking my way through this. What an atmosphere it's going to be. And we'll get some sprinkling of UConn and some Arkansas fans. I saw Arkansas fans this week in the book and at the at the parties that I was uh, I was at. And man, I got some video. I should post that video. Did I, I didn't show you the video, did I, Numchuck? No. Over oh under goodness. on how many times you heard sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no. Yeah, you I, posted that. I think I didn't post it. Uh, no, you sent it to me. I though. sent it to you. You though. sent it. Yeah. Should I post it? I think you should. That unsnooze me if. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would unsnooze you. So, I, I'm, I'm at the party on on Saturday, the, the venue, and there are these people that are rooting for Arkansas. These people were straight out of the backwards parts of Arkansas, whatever. They were nice people, but man, they were just going nuts when you know Arkansas was playing the game against Kansas. And a majority of the room was for Rock Chalk Jayhawk, but then there was a small group of Arkansas fans, and they just got loud and loud. And I mean, they were loud in the beginning, and then you know when Kansas had a double digit lead, they were you know were kind of quiet. But when they start battling back, it's like here they come, here they come. And then when they took the lead, it was crazy. And they would go like every time out would do the whole suey chant. And you know, that suey chance is not suey pig. No, it, it takes about 30 seconds to do because they do that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, all, all, all that stuff. You got an upshot? Go ahead. Yeah, play it back. Yeah. This is, is this what I sent you? Yeah. Oh, this is the audio part. Yeah. Yeah, check this out. So it cut out a little bit. Uh, it cut out because that one guy got right up in your camera. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You got the ending here? Okay. That's where it ended. Okay. So at the... Oh, I'm sorry. So at the end of the game, okay, so they knew that um, Houston Nutt was a friend and that Houston's on the show. And so the guy came up, come to me, and it's like startled me after the final buzzer and say, "Call Houston right now! Call Houston now!" I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Thank you for deafening both me and Marco. <laughs> That's what he did, though. And I got to call Houston. To, we've got to have Houston on this week. We have to have Houston on. And then, so I said to him, and I was pretty upset because you bet the other side. I had Kansas. Yeah. I had Kansas. Money line. Just money line, Marco. Yeah, we all Kansas. could have been happy. Well, yeah. they, those idiots wouldn't have been happy because uh, even yeah. if they bet Arkansas, they probably even bet Arkansas because they want them to win. You know, I go with my Arkansas the, accent. The suey chant's cute. Like the first three, four times you hear it yeah. during the day. Yeah. When it's nonstop the entire uh, game and then when they actually win. And I was on Arkansas. So I, I, I like the, the outcome, but it does get annoying. And, that's why we talked about it at lunch. I try to, you know, I don't go to the sports books as much as I used to, yeah. to, to watch games because, you know, generally it's going to be, you know, somewhere around a 50 50 split. So mm -hmm. somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's not going to be happy. But when you get the obnoxious crowd and you're on the opposite side of it, it really, really gets on your nerves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when this guy came up to me at the end, yeah, I call Houston now, right? I just pointed up to the screen because the Missouri Princeton game was going. Yeah. And I think I told the story last week, you know, Houston Nutt's brother is the assistant coach for Dennis Gates at, at Missouri. I go, he's at that game right there. <laughs> Not bothering him because they're down to Princeton right now, you know? It's like, and what's that guy said? Ha! 
Missouri, they're a bunch of losers. <laughs> You're accurate, my friend, uh, today. You're right. But, oh, yeah, those Arkansas people, they were nuts. And so then, of course, I'm seeing the bracket. I'm going, these imbeciles are going to be a T-Mobile arena this week. <laughs> and they must be able to afford a ticket because the place I was at, like 250 a seat to get in there. And it's like, holy moly. <laughs> That's Houston Nut. There he is. So we'll have him on this week. Wait till we'll we'll, we'll play him back the uh, the Suey chant. Yeah. Unbelievable. But all right. Speaking of which, Marco. So after I had to endure that, okay, um, they kind of trickled their way their way out. So the next game up was Houston and Auburn, and I had a, obviously a rooting, rooting interest in the Houston Cougars in that game, and they were struggling. Well, there was one leftover guy at that table. <laughs> And he didn't belong at that table. I don't even know how he got at that table. But he was betting on, he's one of those guys, and you know what I'm talking about, who'll bet on anything and everything, and he'll have a ticket on every game. Uh, and this guy is rooting for Auburn. So he's starting to get on my nerves because these, it's, he's one of those guys that will scream on every possession. That's not a foul. That is, look at that bunker. Yeah, we're up three now. You know, it's like, I mean, just over and over and over. So then the game started to get away uh, from Auburn. And one of the reasons why I got uh, away from them, because at one point they were 11 for 32 at the free throw line. And this guy is just, he's ripping him. How can you be an SEC team and shoot and miss free throws like that? You've missed 10 straight shots, 10 straight field goals. How can that happen? And, you know, I didn't want to engage, you know, and he was just irritating me. And I wanted to say, shut the up. (laughs) You know, that's what I wanted to say. But now as my team started to win, you know, not that I was tolerating anymore, but now he's still getting on my nerves, my nerves. And I just wanted to say to the guy, have you watched this team play? This is Auburn. Yeah. This is what they do. They go six to eight minutes without scoring. This is why they were on the bubble getting into the tournament. It's probably why they didn't belong in the tournament. Okay? Don't you know who you're watching? This is like I say to people. Like, they have no idea... Like they bet on a team like Auburn and they're shocked that they shoot, you know, under 40% from the field or they shoot like 20% from the three point line. This is what you bet on, you moron. This is who you get. Don't you know that? You know, they're an SCC. There are a lot, there's some, some bad SEC teams. They don't, all don't make the tournament, but this team stinks at shooting the basketball. This is why TC that first of all, a lot of the people that are betting March Madness, that's the first bets they've made all year in college basketball <laughs> yeah. because it's an event. We talk about that a lot. And then when I talk about games and you hear me say, oh, this is a game, you know, it's got a line of two and a half or less. So basically we're talking about pick the winner. Well, that mentality, when I say stuff like that, is especially when you have like a big conference like an SEC team playing maybe a lesser conference and yet the line is so so small that the average Joe is going to recognize the name of the team and bet. Oh, look at that. I got an SEC team. It's just pick the winner. Yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to take them. And that's blindly how a lot of people bet, unfortunately. But, uh, 
you know, I've told you, and it is, it can be a nerve wracking. It can be agitating to be in a book because everybody's got an opinion. You know, when you're in a sports book, you got money down, you got an opinion on a game and you think your opinion is the only one that matters. And that's the way it should be. But like in the NFL, I've told you because we're a transient town, there's so many local bars that are team affiliated. You know, there's Steeler bars, there's Packer bars and so forth. If I have a big game that day, there's some times that I won't go to the strip. I will go to one of those bars that's the team I bet. Because I want to be in a bar sure. where everybody's cheering for me with me. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it, it's funny. It's little, you know, quirks that people have when they make, you know, they do things. And I've been doing this for a long, long time. So, you know, what Auburn shot at the free throw line that day, they were 19 for 36. First, how did they get to the line 36 times? Yeah. Oh, well, Houston is just a foul machine. See, and that's the thing. Okay. If you're betting Houston, beware of that. And I know a lot of people, they haven't seen Houston play a lot. They just own the number one team and they pick them in their brackets because they have this amazing record. But if you watch Houston, they're very physical. They D you up, tight man-to-man defense, and they get in foul trouble. And they're not a very deep team. This is what led to their demise the past couple times they they went this far in the tournament, especially last year. And I was just having the flashback. Here we go. And they did the same thing um, in the their championship game against uh, Memphis where they lost in in their conference uh, tournament final. But if you get officials who are going to call a tight game, big time disadvantage for the Houston Cougars. So that's how, that why they got there 36 times yeah. and they got there early in each half. Yeah, and that's something and you talk about you got to see which way the officials are going to call the game. Generally speaking, and I think you would agree when they get to the final four they they let them play more because you, you don't you you don't want to get you know a team there and have a superstar you know fall out the Memphis game that you referenced don't forget put the asterisk to that game that was the game Sasser mm-hmm. uh, had missed so you know yeah Memphis got to him but yeah Houston is a physical team and that's the one thing that when people say they came from a small conference you know and that conference wasn't that deep this year. I agree with that, but their physicality is something that when they match up against some of the better teams, not everybody wants to go in there and bang heads. You know, there's so many teams that have been a run and gun or finesse team, maybe throw it down low, but they kick it right back out to take the open three, you know, so they're not going to face teams like Houston. So they're going to have to adjust mm-hmm. when they play Houston. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But the thing, the beauty of you say they're not a deep team. Remember, because we are in March Madness, you got, ex- you know, an extended, uh, you know, more TV commercial breaks. So, you know, you can play players more minutes and they're not going to get as tired because they're going to have a couple more breaks during the game when they're in commercial breaks. Well, you don't have more breaks, but, but your, 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 your time, your, your commercial length yeah. is, you know, so when you go, you're still going the under, you know, every four minutes, but, but those breaks are just yeah. extended. Right. Is what happens there. Um, another thing too, you talk about, you know, when you're going out to public places and I'm with you, I'm, I'm very, I'd rather watch games at home. I, I would. There's no question. And I'm always leery, especially this time of year of, okay, the guys that I'm sitting around or next to, who do you got? What are you betting? Because, yeah, I, I I don't like that. You know, guys are rooting against you or you get the loud mouse and the, and the drunks and that sort of thing. But you know what's almost just as bad is the cocktail servers. <laughs> the cocktail servers, the wait staff. 
Now, usually, um, the wait staff, cocktail servers, they're good to look at. All right. But what we noticed, and I'll say we, um, a good friend, Jay Schrader, hung out with me on Saturday and, uh, we got a chance to, to witness this. And then with our, our other group, uh, you know, a lot of the guys uh, as well too, including Double B and some of the, my old former, uh, Cosmo crew guys, we were together and, um, there was a disproportionate, let's say, ratio of, of staff. So you had the very hot looking ones, but in the referee gear, but then you had, and you and I have talked about this before, you go to some, some other locations around town and they kind of feel like you're, some of the servers are grandfathered in. You know what I mean? They keep bringing them back and you want to be careful that you get the right ones to wait on you. You know what I'm saying? And there were some that were like, uh, you know, let's just say the upper echelon and others were, need to go back to the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fillies and we had some mares, you know, and, and I don't know why guys are serving because know what your audience is, right? Do you want to have a guy as your, well, definitely not cocktail server, but your food server who's a dude? I know what that sounds like, but the bottom line is you got to know your room and you got to know your crowd and nobody wants a dude serving them when they can have the hot referees. Am I wrong? Oh, there's there's no better sight than seeing a hot waitress bringing you a big plate of nachos. (laughs) Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So not discriminating or anything, but you know, I mean, the guys need to do their work as well too. Let's put the guys on the cleanup crew. All right. Put them on the cleanup crew. They don't need to be doing the serving. And, it, and again, there's not many. Okay. Majority are, are, are the female variety, but you know what I witnessed also? I witnessed that these, uh, these women are very territorial <laughs> as well too. And if, if, uh, it was their table or they presumed it was their table, that the other ones came and, I mean, I saw almost a cat fight at, at, at our table because, you know, some were coming up and talking to us and the others were, well, this is my table. Don't be doing that. And we're going, wait, 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 wait. We're wait staff, you know, and we are cocktail servers. Well, the person sitting at the table, the patron doesn't know the difference between the two. All right. You're both coming around asking, can I help you? You need anything? You need anything? You need anything? So got caught in this crossfire. Between the cocktail uh, server staff and the banquet serving staff, staff. They, they were. I mean, Vegas is a town more so than any other. They're not town. wearing different uniforms, Marco. No. They're wearing the same thing. But they're working for tips, and you're yes, you're, and that's that's where the territorial stuff comes down from. Mm. All right, you trying to tell me we got a phone call? No, no, I'm Chuck. <laughs> that's what I had to deal with. I had the server from hell. The server from hell who <laughs> hope she's not listening. That's a real laugh right there. <sighs> I, I, I don't think she actually understood. I wasn't that uh, communicatable about what I did or whatever. So I doubt that she's listening. Then again, I don't think she would know the difference between a radio broadcast and a, and uh, um, yeah. In a television broadcast. <laughs> but yes. 
So when you have someone coming over to your table asking if there's something that, you know, they can do for you. And then, you know, me, I like kind of like give it back a little bit. And, and Jay's the same way. Kind of give it back and, and you get this in response. <laughs> you want six hours of that on a March Madness weekend? What was she laughing about? Did you show her your pics? No. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's usually me going to, to serve you up. You gave it to me. That was a... <laughs> And it's funny. It's funny you bring this up because when Jay and I were sitting there talking and said, we're going to record this. And he goes, oh, that's going to be great. He goes, what are you going to use it for? I go, well, Marco brings up a food bet. And my Jay goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time Marco D'Angelo wants to get a food bet, because we know what Marco's record is against you and I, Jay, right? We are undefeated against this guy. So when Marco says, food bet, we play. <laughs> You're going to miss me Friday. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right probably, now. Probably will. But you know, I got a feeling you're going to be missing me too. You're going to be messing around with some horses and this ain't going, oh man, I just, I got this itch to, you know, to, to be with TC and you know, that's what's going to be going on. Big Al, what's going on? The guru is with us. You know, guys, <laughs> you couldn't be more right about the obnoxious weight help and nonsense that goes on in the room. But I'm calling for two reasons, Doc. Bring it. I want two guys that are, quote, great coaches to be put on the hot plate tomorrow and your terrible Tuesday. All right, bring them. The, the goof and cheat and liar and thief Bruce Pearl, who's a moron. And yes, Go back to 1989, go back to Deion Thomas, go back to when he was at Iowa with Dr. Tom Davis, and to see what kind of what kind of character this guy is. And then the great Matt Painter. <laughs> let's lose, let's lose to let's lose to double digits three years in a row. There's a first. <laughs> Al, I cannot he had guys disagree with standing you. out there on the court. They refuse to take threes. Hmm. P, you coach basketball. If a guy refuses to take a shot, where does he belong? On the bench. N not even anywhere near me. I mean, down, down, down there past no the trainer. Purdue. I had no action on Purdue. I could care less. But that's not the point. The point is... When the when the five little when the five little midgets from FDU surrounded the big guy, there were four guys standing there. None of them. None of them had the gumption or balls to take a shot. <laughs> Was one Lord Littlebrook by any chance? It couldn't happen to a nicer team. <laughs> they think this Matt Painter, this Matt Painter, they think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know who the greatest coach in Purdue history was. Gene Cady. Absolutely. Yeah. With uh, light years. <laughs> light years. Coach Gene would have had, had those guys on the bench in 38 seconds. Here, here's the thing, Al. Not only that. How can but, you play afraid? How can you play afraid? Right. You're a number one yes, seed. Yes, yes, yes. Again, and, and the schedule and the bracket <laughs> is conducive to you. And you have a seven foot four monster inside who can score at will inside. 
can get to the free throw line and basically you ignore him. Let, let's remember that. Okay. And we know that Purdue's had sporadic guard play throughout the course of the season. We've seen that before. And that's why I didn't pick him to go too far, uh, into the tournament because I figure the guard play is going to catch up with him. But when you have Edie and Edie's not touching the rock for a majority of the, towards the, uh, the, the second half at the end of the second half, what, what is that? I mean, that is coaching. And you're right. Matt Painter, he's always getting the pass. And he should not be getting a pass. Horrendous. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. He's matter of fact, matter of fact, any any decent coach with that team would have gone a long way in the tournament. Now let's you, you got you, he's standing right next to right next to his point guard and his shooting shoot the damn rock, idiot. Yep. Yeah, pass it. I don't care if you miss. Shoot it. All right, let's go to your 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 first point, okay? Which uh, you've heard me talk about, and you and I are on the same page of this. Bruce Pearl, you know how I feel about him. Bruce, same, same, you same know as how you. I, I feel mean, about him. And a lot, a lot of the people don't know that story that you and I know of. You know, going back to the the the, the shady stuff at, at Illinois, and then you know goes to uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, parlays his way into that job at, at Tennessee, and basically kind of get, gets run out of there. No, this guy. Uh, you would think that, that he would learn, but I root against Bruce Pearl. And I understand that was a long time ago, but he's not, he's, he's, people will rave about him being a good coach. What they look at is they look at him taking these downtrodden programs because that's the only job that he can ever get is these downtrodden programs and try to rebuild because he's had to build himself up from the bottom because he was ostracized by the coaching community, by the university community. And then when he gets there, he cannot sustain. He's never won anything substantial. And again, like I said, with Auburn, it, this team, they can't shoot the basketball. His teams have never been able uh, uh, to to advance deep into the tournament because they can't shoot free throws and they the, the guard plays sporadic. They're a turnover machine. And all this guy wants to do is make sure that the camera is on him. Even when he hasn't shaved in about six weeks and he's looking horrendous, this guy makes me sick. Good riddance again. And I was so happy to see Auburn go bye-bye. Oh, you and me both. You're dead to do. As soon as I saw that they made the tournament, he's, he's my first ex. <laughs> what he did in 1989 to the University of Illinois and Deion Thomas and and rat rat rat. You know you know you know where I'm from, Doc. I'm from the south side of Chicago. You know what we do with rats? <laughs> uh, you take them with you to Soldier Field? Uh, no, <laughs> they get to visit the they get to the they get the they get to visit the Green Chicago River on St. Patty's Day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dump no, Chuck, you're, you're, I don't take him to Soldier Soldier very Field. Liberal, you mean, you mean Soldier the, Field? The it's going to be a relic real soon. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, the Bears are in Arlington Heights. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Next to it's next coming. To, next to your old track, where your tracker you used to dominate. <laughs> All the track, track, the track will not be there. The track will not be there anymore. They they got big plans for that place. Marco, you ever been? You ever been to Arlington, Marco? I haven't made it to Arlington. Sadly, I won't get to now. That I always like the Arlington oh. Million. Uh, the place after the after the rebuild, the place was pristine. You could eat off the floor. 
<laughs> it was the place was immaculate. It was one of the one of the greatest facilities in North America. But uh, unfortunately, that's politics. That's politics at a racing game, and I'm not going to go into that. So, All right, because uh, you know I'm close to that. Guru, so. how are your brackets holding up? Let's hear. What do you got? Uh, my brackets are not as bad as most people. Um, I'm hanging in there with a couple with a couple long balls. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, brother. I appreciate you checking in uh, today, I'm, I'm man. Thinking, I'm, 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 wait a second. I'm, I'm tell you one thing. Yep. You know who I got winning the West region? UConn, baby. Okay, now, if Big Al was here, this would be a food bet, right? It definitely would be a food bet, you and I, Big Al. We could take, we could take, we could take action and extend it to when I get to town. There you go. All right. All right. Not a problem. All right. You, no, no, you, you don't get the, you don't get to have the truck though. What do you, somebody else out of the, you got, you got, no, 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 I'm talking, I'm talking about the matchup. UConn against Arkansas. I'm talking about the matchup. I'm I'm all about the oh, hustle. Come with it. I'm come saying with it. Come with it. I'll take I'll take that bet straight up. Uh, it, you're down. You're down like James <laughs> Brown. There you go. <laughs> all right, there it is, Guru. It, 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 it's your fine uh, Mexican establishment place that uh, I've been taking Marco to. I mean, Mar- Marco is is, is a regular. Absolutely, and Marco and Marco win, lose, or draw. You got an invite. There it is. <laughs> he does. Absolutely. You you could be the you could be a, you could be the referee between the between the between the doc and the guru. There you go. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, dining with the guru is 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 entertainment at large. It, it's it. I mean, he's yeah, especially uh, the reason why he says that is because I'm, I'm the first one to reach for the check. <laughs> this, is, this is true, and he has no problem ordering half the menu as well, too. I mean, I don't know if you remember the old telephone auction back in the day, Marco. If you ever saw that show, but the guru was like Daryl, sold coming down. Oh, two twenty one goes right. Hey, nineteen goes right. Hey, twenty one goes That's right. And the guru says, "Oh, bring the taquitos, bring the quesadillas. Here we go, bring it along. Extra enchiladas. Oh, bring on the sauce. Nachos, nachos, nachos for everybody. Tacos, bring it on. Put on the sombrero on the and guru's head. Yes, you, Al, you bring the shredded, bring the shredded beef tacos. You can't beat it with a snip. <laughs> you you know how tall TC is. So uh, he's a tall guy, which means he has long arms. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, Dico, that's that, not true. Well, wait that's a minute. Not have you, true. Well, he does you're, have long until the there's twelve feet. There's twelve foot alligators too. Well, I told him to say. Did you ever see the Geico commercial when they bring out the check? That that's TC. Oh, oh, let me get that. Oh, I can't reach. <laughs> Yeah. Another co- another commercial that I that I I hope I never see again. If I ever see that girl from AT and T again, I'm going to punch her. <laughs> no lilies for you. All right, brother. She's worse than she's worse than Madge. She's worse than the the, the progressive girl too. I want to. Oh Jesus Christ! I got to get them all. <laughs> terrible Tuesday tomorrow, Numbchuck. Remind me. All right, lilies make a terrible Tuesday tomorrow. No doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, get back here soon, okay? It doesn't have to be an annual thing. Yeah, we'll see Once you guys a year. soon. Marco, have a great vacation wherever you're off to. Pittsburgh, baby. He's going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh.
Oh, well, well they, they take a little ride down to Washington, PA, and, and see my man Dave Pallone. I'll be seeing Dave Pallone. I'll be racing against him. <laughs> Tenth race on or last look, race on Wednesday. We got last the race home. on Wednesday. There it is, Al. Go get him, brother. We'll be watching. <laughs> take care, man. Appreciate you. Take care. The, the nerve of you. The nerve of you. It, it, it's funny, you know. <laughs> the, because it's not my fault that you owe the food wagers, okay? That you owe them to me. And then you want to talk about the alligator arms? <laughs> Numbcheck, have you ever have you ever seen TC with a wallet? <laughs> he owns one? <laughs> Back for more abuse after the break. <laughs> Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, we will be going to work this weekend. That's right, going to work. Thursday, T-Mobile Arena. Looking forward to the West Regional Final. Going to work Friday at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Ah, yes. Come on by, see the show live, and uh, get ready for that action as well, too. And then, of course, the West Regional Final will be happening at T-Mobile on Saturday. Next thing you know, we go back to work next week in Houston for the Final Four. Well, Marco will be back from his vacation, and you can get back to work. You can fill in for me. How's yeah, that? No problem. Don't worry. I'll, I'll handle the ship for you. I love it. It'll uh, be waiting for you when you get back. Breaking news here. Larry Flint's Hustler Club has offered a lifetime platinum VIP membership to New Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, valued at $500,000. You know, Hustler Club is within walking distance of Belusia Stadium. I, I, okay. I've never taken that walk, but I'll take your word for it. I now, drive is, by is, it a lot. Is, it, is, is this true or is this, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty funny post. It's true. What do you mean it's true? It's true. It's really true. It's really true. They they've done stuff like that. Before. They do this all. They are the uh, publicity hungry people. They will grab anybody. They offered um, somebody uh, like a million to strip. Okay, so when that says a, it, is that him being a spokesperson, or are they no. actually just giving him like five hundred? They're giving worth him of like stuff. So they're giving him services. What it is is. A hundred and fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. The platinum is like you get a bunch of free dances and stuff like that. Okay, but you know, like you still have to pay to like the strippers once in a great while. Like you can't just. Well, you're still tipping them. Yeah, you're still tipping them. Okay, so Numchuck, what level are you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't get a bell for that. (laughs) You do? No. You got crickets for that. No. Yeah. yeah. I won't. I, I love this. I love Hustler. I, I, I go there. I know. Uh, yeah, we used to do remotes there. You know, Ballpark Frank and I, and we, we've, you know, separately, sometimes together. There it is. Here comes Cinnamon to the stage. There she goes. Yeah. There's always a Cinnamon. There's a Tiffany. I love yeah. it. I love a Cinnamon. Lexi. I love, yeah. well, Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Bermuda. I mean, they're either named after countries or or fragrances or spices, aren't they? Right? Well, Lex- yeah. Lexi's have Lexuses that were paid for by their lap dances. <laughs> have you ever had an okra? <laughs> Do, I don't think I want an okra. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get to the breaking news on the coaching front here today. Major coaching changes in the Big East. We uh, talked a little bit earlier. Uh, Mike Anderson fired by St. John's. 
and Mike Anderson is suing the school. Uh, interesting note here. All right. So first, let's talk about Mike Anderson. Here is what he had to say. Uh, very upset. Anderson uh, was fired by St. John's, and they are saying for cause. So you wonder, okay, what does that mean for cause? All right. So here's what St. John said. Mike Anderson was fired for cause, failure to create and support an environment that strongly encourages student-athletes who are in the men's basketball program to meet university academic requirements. Failure to perform your duties and responsibilities in a manner that reflected positively at St. John's University. In actions that brought serious discredit to the school and failure to appropriately supervise and communicate with your assistant coaches. Those are pretty harsh allegations. Don't know if it's true, but now Mike Anderson, uh, who's had success at you know other stops, Arkansas, Alabama, Birmingham, name a few, and uh, had some good teams, competitive teams, but in the Big East, couldn't really get to the tournament and do any damage in the, the Big East Conference tournament. But for him to sue them, uh, he may have a case here. Because what is the news that happens today that we hear? That St. John's has hired Rick Patino. Yes, going after a bigger name. Patino obviously coming over from uh, Iona, agrees on a six-year deal. Rick Patino is 70 years old. But very successful, as we know. Patino is the only coach to lead three programs to the Final Four. Providence, Kentucky, and Louisville. Won national titles with Kentucky and Louisville. And, uh, you know, St. John's has struggled big time. They've only been to two NCAA tournaments since 2002. Since then, the St. John's coaches have been Mike Jarvis, Norm Roberts, Steve Lavin, Chris Mullen, and uh, Mike Anderson. Those have been their head coaches. They have not done anything. So... Mike Anderson is feeling like you're just doing this because, you know, getting out of paying me my money, my severance pay, and now you need money to pay Rick Patino. So interesting twist on this. Well, obviously with the termination, and I don't know the exact way the contract was written. So if he thinks he's entitled to the money, he's going to go after it because clearly, yeah, they're going for the bigger name. And you rattled off a long list of, of coaches at St. John's since we had the sweater there, Luke Arnsett. I mean, the St. John's hasn't been, you know, relevant for quite some time. You got a name. That's what you're going for. And look what Rick Patino did. You know, with Iona. Now, granted, it's it's a different type of conference, but you know, he made them very competitive uh, there, and you know, make a berth into the you know the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's a good move for St. John's. You know, will he be there for that whole contract? Like you said, he's seventy, but uh, you know, it's what he loves to do. So as long as he can do it, he's going to do it, and that's going to get people to go there. Uh, you know, that's recruiting just became that much easier when you attach the name Rick Patino to the school. Anderson was uh, 68 and 56 overall, 30 and 46 in the Big East during his four years at St. John's, did not make the NCAA tournament. And this has, you know, ringings of another Big East school, uh, Connecticut, where Kevin Ollie. Um, got $11 million 
after he was fired uh, for cause uh, in 2018 following allegations of the NCAA. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, arbitrary ordered for UConn to pay Kevin Ollie 11 million. And so Mike Anderson is seeking somewhere in that neighborhood as well, too. You got to be careful if you're going to fire somebody. But those are some strong allegations saying that those players did not meet academic requ- requirements, that, you know, you're not communicating or treating your assistant coaches badly. I mean, this is. And all that comes out after you fire them. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And then you hire Rick Patino, the biggest name and one, arguably one of the biggest names in college coaching history. All right. But, uh, here you go. Uh, also in the Big East, Ed Cooley leaving Providence and taking a job at Georgetown. Ed Cooley has reached the, the NCAA tournament seven of the past nine years. And that run includes a Big East regular season championship, you know, last season. On the flip side, Georgetown has reached the NCAA tournament just once in the past seven years. Georgetown hasn't finished with a winning record in the Big East since the 2014-2015 season. And we know Patrick Ewing, that it felt like a pretty good feel-good story. But like happened, it happens a lot with former players, icons. You kind of tarnish your reputation a little bit. And, you know, anytime a former player like Chris Mullen goes back to St. John's, mm-hmm. didn't work for him. Patrick Ewing tried to go back to Georgetown. Patrick Ewing had a 29 game conference losing streak and a 13 and 50 record the past two seasons. And Georgetown has been downright abysmal. So why would you make a move to stay in the same conference and go to a lesser school? It's got to be a big, bigger chunk of money, but is it worth it? I'll tell you why. Um, and it's a great question. And my answer, I believe, is this. Ed Cooley's at Providence, okay? And he's built a nice program, but you're still in Providence, Rhode Island. He's going to Georgetown because you're in Washington, D.C., you have more name heritage there. And he was a big fan of John Thompson. And I think he wants to honor John Thompson. John Thompson was, was, was responsible for Ed Cooley getting in to coaching way back when. One of the guys. So I think that you look at right now, Providence has had better teams in recent years than Georgetown. But what's the bigger brand, Georgetown or Providence? <laughs> Georgetown past history, but it, right. like you said, it, you're talking how long, when was the last time they were relevant? Understand. But is it, uh, have they been more relevant than UNLV? And people still think, okay, UNLV has that name recognition because they won that title, 1989, 90, right? Okay, go, you know, and people are still trying, you know, to, to savor on that name. And that's the same thing at Georgetown, but you have more recent success. And many, many years of success with Georgetown, and it hasn't been for the past five, six, seven, eight years. But I think that you're going to be able to recruit better for Georgetown. You got better athletes in the Washington D.C., Baltimore area, uh, even New York City kids. They're going to go and want to play at Georgetown and play in Washington D.C. before they want to go to Providence, Rhode Island. I think I think Ed Cooley did a fantastic job of you know recruiting up there and doing and doing a good job. But he's going to have more tools. He's going to have more money. I guarantee you probably have a, a much stronger booster base at Georgetown as well, too. Prestigious school. I can see why he made the move. He's, and I'll tell you what, and we've talked about it on the show before. 
Providence has been a team, if you look at advanced metrics, they should not have had the record they, they've had. So yes. do you say they were a lucky team? Do you say they were a well-coached team? You know, where does that, you know, balance out with them? Because that's a team that's given me a lot of trouble the last two years. Because when you look at the numbers, they don't add up to what they, you know, were able to do. And again, they, you know, got them in, into the tournament and again. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, when you look at it on the surface, you think, yeah, that's a lateral, lateral move or, or step down. But if you take the past history, I can see where you're going. I'd be curious if the money was more or the same. I'm sure it's more. Yeah. yeah I, I'm sure it's more. And the thing is too, Ed Cooley's gotten a lot of respect more so because he overachieved. I mean, mm-hmm. people like Providence. I mean, come on. I mean, Providence hadn't been relevant since Rick Patino right. was there going way back when Ernie DiGregorio and Marvin Barnes and people like that. And Providence, I mean, they were kind of like the laughing stock of the biggies for decades. And then they were relevant again. So I think Cooley with the resources that Georgetown has. Now this, he's, he's going to, is going to make or break his name and his career because if he goes to Georgetown and doesn't improve or has a worse record than he had at Providence, now you got to give him maybe one, two years because as we know, transfer portal NIL, everything else of that nature, mm-hmm. you now expect instant success. Okay. So you don't have to, you know, four or five years to build. But if I just have this feeling that we're going to be talking about Georgetown next year, we're going to be talking or two years from now and Ed Cooley is going to, going to skyrocket and you know, his presence. I mean, I got to believe he's a better coach than Patrick Ewing, more college experience, and probably a better coach than John Thompson the Third was as well too. So I'm rooting for him. It, it kind of it kind gets me energized again because I've always been kind of a closet Georgetown Hoya guy. You know, I like them. I got the sweatshirt. Hey, I, I remember the matchups with Georgetown <laughs> and Villanova and Raleigh Massimino and John yeah. Thompson. Yeah, I mean that Classic. was the, that was the glory days of the Big yeah. East. Yeah. All right, so we talked about the weekend, the four days, craziness. Um, did you yeah, bet unders? I did not. You know, I'm not a total guy at all. I'm not a total guy. And it's it's funny, when going back real quick, talk about the environments that we were talking about earlier in the hour about. I never knew that the first to 15 was such a popular play. Did you? It's become that because it's instant gratification. Oh, my goodness. At the venue that, you know, where I've been the last few years, as you know, I mean, the roar of every game, 15, 15, 15, is almost kind of like a cult thing. I don't understand it. I, and again, I don't think it's, it's sharp money at all. It's recreational betters that they, like you said, first one 15, but it cracks me up how people think that they can handicap first to 15. Yeah. In how many games have you, because the, Knee-jerk reaction to anybody betting those is they're going to just bet the favorite. Right, you're the favorite to win the game, and you're in your lane one forty, one fifty. Right, it's it's a more. It depends on what the spread is, but you know what I'm saying. It's a bet that favors you know favors the house, and yeah. whenever you get those adjusted juice lines, the spread's not your normal. You're not getting back one. You know, if it's one forty, you're not getting back one thirty. Mm-hmm. Like you know, typical right. bet. There's not the ten cents there. So yeah, the books are making a lot of money there. But how many times have you seen the underdog get off to a quick start and they mm-hmm. can't sustain it? But they might. Get that quick start to the fifteen, and you're and you're going to lose a bet, and you're going to lose it at a dollar forty or a dollar fifty. Mm. Now you got to win two bets, right? Okay, and yeah, I they're popular, and that's what. And you can thank 
the apps that are in all the other states. Because, you know, let's face it, Vegas right now, we were the sports betting capital of the world forever. Now, in reality, the books here in Vegas are almost archaic to what is available in other states on the apps because they haven't had to change yet. They were the only game in town. But I think they're going to have to start offering more things because people are going to keep driving one hour to the Arizona border in their car so they can make their bets. All right. Unders, you had a thought? The unders, when we talked about them, did, did not surprise me for the Thursday and Friday games. We we talk about that all the time. Bet first half unders, bet unders for the full game in those first two games. And it would be the same thing this week. The Thursday-Friday games, you would look that way because it's the first time they're playing in that particular venue that they're playing with the sight lines being different and everything. But then it normally balances itself out. Saturday and Sunday. Um, it didn't on Saturday. It was still a heavy under day. Yesterday was the first day that more overs than unders won. I think they went, the overs went six and two yesterday, mm -hmm. but it was going into Sunday. I think it was something like 33 and 11 or 33 and 12 to the end. It was an ungodly number. Right. And it'll be interesting to see again, <clears throat> new venues, you know, four or five days off coming up for the next round. Yeah. But, and we also know Vegas is going to adjust the lines because they can't keep getting pounded. They're going to bring the numbers up a little shorter. Major upsets uh, over the weekend. Two number ones gone, Purdue and Kansas. Two number twos gone, Arizona and Marquette. Uh, upset specials galore. We talked about Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue 63-58. Arkansas beats Kansas 72-71. And then the Michigan State game against Marquette, uh, disappointing, uh, but not really surprising. I mean, Tom is as a seven seed, they just, they looked better than Marquette yesterday. They did. And we talked about it at lunch. Go back and look at the November schedule that Michigan State played, and you'll understand why this team is tournament tested. And the flip side, who Marquette played. Yeah. It's like, I don't get coaches want to get those, you know, pad their stats with the, you know, the wins and play cupcakes at the beginning of the season. That does nothing for strengthening your team for later in the year. Mm -hmm. And like I said, uh, Tom Izzo's done that every yeah. single year. All right. Real quick, best story for you over the first four days? <sighs> Princeton. Princeton. Yeah. Princeton in the Sweet 16, Ivy League school. Yep. How about the. FDU with the upset. FDU coaches, players weren't really expecting, didn't, didn't pack enough clothes. <laughs> but FDU doesn't have a band. They didn't bring a band. They don't have a band. So the Dayton band came and played for them. Nice. How about that? That's good. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They're in March Madness. You upset the number one team. You don't have a band. Barely have a fan base. Mom, I you didn't know pack underwear. <laughs> that, the coach was talking about that. And then Dayton says, you know, we got you. We'll play for you. Not a problem. It's like, wow. It's like the kid, uh, you lost your lunch money, something like that. I, went, I got you. We're hearing this. At the Division One college basketball level. Yeah. Cracks me up. All right, uh, tomorrow, Pete Gillen will join us. The coach does a fantastic job with CBS. Love having Pete on. He'll join us. Chuck Esposito will join us from Red Rock tomorrow as well, too. Get his thoughts on the opening round. Of course, a look ahead to the Sweet 16, especially here in Vegas in the West Regional. Marco, have yourself a good time, man. Seriously, ha have a good time. Enjoy. Come back 20 pounds heavier. I'll send you some food pics. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, my man. All right. Uh, Scott Spritzer will be joining us this week as well, too. 
Uh, that'll be great. And uh, more guests coming your way of our basketball crew. want to thank Numchuck, of course. Uh, Nick Nice, the whole gang here. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check out the updated bracket on the website at tcmartinshow.com. And we'll prep you for the weekend games as well, too. Check out the interviews all up on the website, tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. Back at it tomorrow at 2.